0: Amen. Amen. You know, yeah, I'm thinking we were singing that song. Chamber. You know, He's there's the sometimes chamber. in your walk with He's God where it does feel like, Lord, not not that it doesn't have to feel like this, but sometimes it's like every hour, Lord, I need you. Like I mean, I, you need him on an hourly basis. Now we understand that we need Him at all times, but tonight I, I felt like I had something a little different than what I usually have when I come in here. Now I'm going to preach tonight, but I have a lot of scripture to unpack. And if I could encourage you tonight, the way that I would label this or title, I don't even know if I would title it, but I believe this could help you get through some of the darkest moments of your life What oh, I'm going to share with time. you tonight. Uh, but I, I realize like if you come from drugs and alcohol, you understand like especially if you've been addicted to like opiates, fentanyl, heroin, something like that. And I mean even on things like meth and crack or whatever you, you, you take or have taken, this is what I know. A heroin addict needs heroin at all times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? You, you have that desire in you. One, you don't want to be sick. You don't want to withdraw. You ain't trying to detox. But there's that drive in you that says, man, I need more of that because I can't afford to feel like this. And I, I've shared this a lot of places I've went. My pastor tells us all the time. If you don't have the same passion for God that you had for drugs and alcohol or for other things that you've been in then you're never gonna make it. Why do I say that? Because as a drug addict, I understand that. That when I wake up, the first thing on my mind is, how am I gonna get high? Who am I gonna have to steal from? What am I gonna have to do to make this happen? Do anything illegal, whatever it looks like, I'm gonna make this happen. And then the moment you get a fix, your next thought is, how am I gonna make this happen again? Right, and before you go to bed, you're gonna take your last dose. And then before you go to bed, your last thought is, what am I gonna do as soon as I wake up to get more? And that's how you have to be with the Lord. When you wake up, you have to have the Lord on your mind. You have to be praying. You have to be talking to Him, right? Uh, our brother said he said I pray 50 times a day, five minutes at a time. Or the Bible says to pray without ceasing, right? People think in order to pray, like you have to find the nearest closet. That would be like me saying tonight, "Hey, I have to pray real quick. Let me go back and shove myself in that room." No, you you go through your life and you have intimate. Relationship with the Lord. Amen? Yes, and you need Him every hour. You can't get Him on a Saturday night and then think, man, I can't wait two weeks from now for 40 again. Because by the time you get back, you're going to be beat down. Come on. You're going to be discouraged yeah. again. You're going to be ready to quit. But you can't, <laughs> you can't live like that. Like for me, I, I wanted to get high as possible. And so, the same way with God, I still want to get as high as possible. Amen? Amen. I want to be so filled with Him. You know what the Bible says, Ephesians. Five eighteen. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled or intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Did you know you can be intoxicated with God? You can be so full of Him. Like if if someone walked in here tonight on heroin, I would know immediately, hey, he's on heroin. Why? Because he's under the influence. He's intoxicated. And in the same way, when you come in contact with people that are filled with the Spirit, you know immediately, like, man, there's something different about this individual. They just don't teach out of a Bible. They just don't talk about the Lord. But I feel something different when I'm around them. Why? Because they're under the influence. Amen? Amen. 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 But the local church, the reason you need the local church is because that's what you did out there. If you didn't necessarily have a local church, you may have had the local church of uh, the drug dealers. Local church of Satan, right? You had a local body of people that you connected to all the time and said, I know if I'm around these people, I know what's going to happen. Well, guess what? If you try to live this life as a Lone Ranger, you're going to be in trouble. And it's only going to be a matter of time before you end up in the same position that you end up in, always end up in. I was a drug addict for 12 years. Now, understand this. I, I was an IV user, needle junkie, shooting heroin, crack, whatever I could get my hands on. But I struggled as a Christian for five years. And I'll tell you why. Because I would never plug myself into a local body. And so when I went to church, I would just attend church like once a week, two hours. And you think, think about it. Did you do drugs for two hours a week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. What, what was the issue you had? Maybe it wasn't drugs, but whatever it was, what, whatever you dealt with, whatever addiction you dealt with, addiction is not just drugs. You can be addicted to yourself. Right? But you didn't just do that thing two hours a week. You you that's who you were. It was a part of your life.
1: Yeah. And in the
0: same way, that's how the local church has to be. It has to become your family. How do I know? Because Jesus said, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven yes. or even see it, you must be what? Born again. Yes. Okay, yes. so when you were born naturally, what were you born into?
1: Sin.
0: What else were you born into? That was a good one, but not the one I was looking for that. <laughs> when you were born, you were born into a family. And when you're born again, you're born into a family. a family. But what we've taught people is, hey, as long as you pray this prayer, you can live your life however you want. And God's going to be grateful. Like, you know, God, like he's, he accepts that. God does not accept that. When you were born again, it was to be born again Are into again. a family. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Don't feel like that went over too well, but it's all right. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> <we're ready. laughs> uh, I'm going to unpack some scripture on you tonight. Are you ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. I want to talk tonight. I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to talk about favor and fire. I know that sounds like the weirdest title you could come up with, but I'm going to talk about favor and fire. Now, let me just unload some scripture on you. Psalm five, verse twelve. Actually, I'll start in verse eleven. That's always what the preacher does, ain't it? He says, "I'm going to start with this verse." Actually, I'm just going to go and start at the very beginning of the Bible, and I'm just going to read the Bible to you. We'll be done tomorrow. Psalm 511, if you can't keep up, it's fine because I'm going to, I got a lot to unpack. This is David. He said, but let all those who take refuge and put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever sing and shout for joy because you make a covering over them and you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you and be in high spirits. Now I'm reading out of the amplified. If it's too loud for you, you can turn it down tonight. uh, NLT or NKJV, whatever you choose to read out of. But I like it loud. Amen. Amen. I'm read out of the amplified. He says, "Because you make a covering over them and defend them, let those also who love your name be joyful in you and be in high spirits." It's very rare today to find Christians that are even in high spirits. If you ask most people, "What's going on in your life?" They tell you all of the bad news. Come on. Well, the devil's really beating my brains in. Friend, the devil is not everywhere. He's in one place. He's not omnipresent. And trust me, if you're not uh, making an impact in the kingdom of God, the devil probably is not wasting his time with you. He's probably trying to get someone over in the Middle East to press a button to blow up America or something. Right? So you, you have to maintain a spirit of joy, a spirit... A High Spirit. One that is in love with God. Why? Because we all know that things happen in life to steal your joy. What did the thief come to do? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came. He said, I came to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Or the Amplified says... To be filled to the full. To have a life that overflows. Now what is a life that overflows? That means what you have. You can give to someone else. Now if someone comes up to you and says. Brother I need help. What can you tell me? Well I can tell you this brother. The devil's really been beating my brains in tonight. Well thank you. Because that's what he's been doing to me. So where else do I go to for help? So people are looking for help. But everyone that they go and talk to. Is getting their brains beat in by the devil somehow. It's like he's walking around with a baseball bat. Well, right? Just waiting to knock someone's head off. That is not how the devil functions. He has demons, but this is what the Bible teaches. I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said, Satan was cast out of heaven and took a third of the angels. He said, I have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and I have two thirds of the angels. What am I going to do? Sit around and cry? You have more that are for you than those that are against you. Elijah called the Lord. He said, Lord, open up the eyes of my servant. Because the servant said, look, we're being surrounded by our enemy. But when he opened his eyes, he seen a wall of fire. He seen chariots of fire. And Elijah said, there are more that are for us than those that are against us. And let me help you tonight. No matter what you're dealing with. You may be one day clean. You may feel backslidden as can be. But it doesn't matter because there's more for you than those that are against you. And if God be for you, then who can be against you? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. The love of God has the ability to take you from the lowest place and take you to the highest place. Amen? Amen. I don't know how I'm going to get on through this. That was one verse. Verse 12. For you, Lord, will bless the uncompromisingly righteous. Say that. Say uncompromisingly. You said that good. I was struggling to say it myself, to be honest. Now, that's a word we don't really like in the church. Compromise. We think God doesn't look at people... As compromised. He just looks at them all. You just have a little struggle in your life. You just have a little issue that I got to. Nope. If you hear me tonight. He says God will bless. Why ain't I blessed? Because you're compromised. Uh You have made a way for the enemy to come in and steal. What God is trying to give you. The Lord will bless the uncompromisingly righteous. Him who is upright and in right standing with you. As with the shield, you will surround him with goodwill, pleasure, and favor. Or the King James says, he will surround you with favor as if it was a shield. Yeah. See, there, we, we, there is a way to walk in the favor of God where it is all around you. Where you carry that favor on your life. You know, like uh, people that come out of addiction. Now, I, I run a program with about 75 men. And this is a common asked question. Brother Cody, could you do me a favor? Now, usually, what that means is something like, "Hey, can you bend the rules and do something for me?" But I know you're not going to do for someone else. Well, Mom, I have a favor to ask you. Yeah, what is that? I need twenty dollars to go to the skate rink. It's like you're forty-eight. You're not going to the skate rink, (laughs) right? What what do you need? I need to pay my phone bill. It's like, no, you bought your phone from that tent over there that was outside where they were giving out the free phones. You don't need twenty dollars. You you need a life, amen. (laughs) Will you do me a favor, but favor that is not favor. You asking someone for a favor is not favor. Favor is when something is magnetized to you without you asking it. How do I know? Because in the book of Ruth, Ruth said to Boaz. What have I done to receive this favor? See, when you get real favor, the question you ask yourself is, What did I do to even deserve I don't even deserve this. But I have found favor in the sight of God. How? Because you were uncompromisingly righteous. So what will God do? He'll do for you what He won't do for others. Does God love everybody? Yes. But are some people in more favor with God than others? Yes. Okay, I like that answer. You guys gave a good one. on Amen. So there's things that you can do to provoke the favor of God. Amen. Amen. And that's what I want to do in my life. Proverbs 3. This is one of the first verses I think I memorized as a Christian. I'm going to read uh, chapter 3, 1 through 3. It says, My son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For a length of days... I, I love this in the Amplified. I thought, man, this is powerful. For a length of days and years, for a life worth living. How many of you want a life that's worth living? Yes. Yes. But how, let me ask you a question. How many of you have gotten out of the, the, the bondage that you were once in, but you didn't serve the purpose of God, so it just felt... It still felt empty. You're like, I'm off drugs, but I still feel empty. I don't have purpose. You, you want to have a life that is worth living.
1: Right. Right.
0: For length of days and years of a life worth living and tranquility. Inward and outward and continuing through old age till death. These shall they add to you. That's why you can meet someone like Pastor Howard. Now I'm not saying he's an old age, but I'm just telling you. <laughs> On the inside, he's more vital than young people. Why? Because he has taken heed according to the word of God and God promises that he'll lengthen your days outwardly and inwardly. He'll renew your youth. He'll renew your spirit. That you may be 70, but you feel like you're 20 and still ready to fulfill the purpose of God. How do I know? Because Caleb said, I'm 80 years old and I was promised that mountain. I'm not backing down now. I want the promise of God in my life. Give me that mountain. And it doesn't matter if you're 60, 70, 80. You can still tell God. God, you still have a promise for me. And I want to enter into that promise. Amen. It ain't time to quit. It's, It's time to just get going. It's time to catch your second wind. Amen. Mercy and kindness, shutting out all hatred and selfishness, and truth, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy or falsehood, forsake you. Bind them about your neck, write them upon the tablet of your heart. So shall you find favor, say favor. 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 So shall you find favor, good. Standing in high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. Amen. Or if I break it and make it simpler, it says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. In yes. doing so, you will find favor in high esteem in the sight of God and man. So you can find favor with God and you can find favor with man. But you must walk in mercy and truth. Yes, sir. Right? Jesus came to earth. The, the word. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, right? And the Word came and dwelt among us and became flesh, and He was full of grace and truth or mercy and truth. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy 1. And I'm going to start in verse... Start in verse
1: 3.
0: This is Paul writing to Timothy. I thank God whom I worship with a pure conscience in the spirit of my fathers. When we without ceasing, or when without ceasing, I remember you night and day in my prayers. It's always good when someone remembers you in prayer. Amen. Amen. Some of you got... Saved, you got delivered, and you had an old grandmother, old grandfather, or someone in your life that said, mm-hmm. you knew, they've been praying for you for decades. Yeah. Sitting so by the side of their bed on their knees, they had worn out the hardwood floor. They yeah. had to rip the carpet yeah. up because they burned holes in it praying yeah. for you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Verse 4, And when, as I recall your tears, I yearn to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Verse 5, I am calling up memories of your sincere in unqualified faith the lean, What is faith? It says it The leaning of your entire personality On God and Christ In absolute trust and confidence In His power Wisdom and goodness A faith that first lived Permanently in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice And now I am fully persuaded Dwells yeah. in you also That is why I would remind you To stir up Say stir up Stir up I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God. The inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. With those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving, and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. He said, I see this faith in you that has been passed on through generations. What does that mean? If you came in tonight and you feel empty, all you need is someone that is full of God to put their hand on your head if you're open to receive it and you can walk out with an impartation to go and do what God has called you to do. You don't need your mama to have served God. You don't need your daddy to have served God. You might be the first one in your family that says, I'm going to serve yeah. the Lord. Ask for me and my house. We shall serve the Lord. And if you make up your mind tonight, that faith will come into your life through importation and you will be turned into a different person. Come on. Amen? Yes, amen. You know, uh, I've seen a lot of new hands and I feel like I tell my testimony every time I come, but really that's what preaching is. Tell your testimony in the Bible verse. Amen. (laughs) My mother and father were drug addicts. Mother was a prostitute. Father went to prison when I was nine, didn't get out until I was 18, selling drugs for my father. I had no church background at all. Now, you look at people and you think, man, they have favor with God because they were born a preacher's kid. Or they're they're in close with the elders. Or their uncle has a lot of money and he sows a lot of money into the church. That's why they have it easy. That's why they're able to make it in the church. Little old me don't have anything. I don't have any favor. All I have is me and my bad past. Therefore, I always get overlooked. No, you don't need a man to recognize you. You need God to recognize you. And when I charge you in the presence of God I mean think about that I charge you He didn't say I suggest He said I charge you In the presence of God That's what I'm doing right now I'm charging you I charge you in the presence of God And of Christ Jesus who is to judge the living and the dead and by and in in the light of his coming in his kingdom? Listen to this. This is powerful in the Amplified. Amen. I always have random things falling out of my Bible. <laughs> Verse 2: Harold, say Harold. Not like a man, Harold, like preach. Right? We had a guy come to our program recently, his name's Howard. And he came in, he, he was fresh, he's like in his late 50s, and he, he's not been saved very long. And he, he came in and was talking to me, and I said, did you know that God had a name? He said, really? I said, yeah, his name's Howard. He said, what? I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, what? I said, yeah, his name's Howard. Uh, What's that scripture? that that? What, what's the Lord's prayer? How's it
1: going? Howard, Howard, Howard be thy
0: name. <laughs> Howard be thy name. Howard be thy name. And he said, Oh, okay. Said, oh, okay. Said, oh, okay. Said, this name is Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Not hollow, Howard. That's what a Kentuckian would say, Amen. Howard be thy name. He tried to pronounce hollow, but it came out Howard. Harold, <laughs> <laughs> and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand, and ready. Listen to this. So he's saying, preach the word. Your version may say, preach the word. What's your version say? In season Uh and out of season, right? Listen to what the Amplified says. Preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by, be at hand, and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Mm -hmm. Whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Mm -hmm. Whether it is welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagging and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not tolerate or endure sound and wholesome instruction, Mm. but have ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying. Mm. They will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold.
1: Mm.
0: Where do you find that, YouTube? come on that's why it's important to have a local church why so that your pastor can come to you personally and say hey they they hear things that you do things that you say and they say hey have you lost your mind?'" well the prophet on youtube said well that ain't your pastor is not the prophet on youtube well your pastor is your pastor right my friend tells a story he said he met a lady uh, walking her dog one day in the neighborhood, and he started talking to her. And he said, "You, you talking about church?" And she said, "Yeah, my pastor's Creflo Dollar." And he said, "Your pastor's Creflo Dollar." She said, "Yeah." He said, "Really? How is that when you live in Ohio, but his church is in Atlanta?" She said, "I watch him on TV every Sunday." he said, "Lady, that man is not your pastor." Because he doesn't have your phone number. He doesn't come visit your family when they're sick. He's not going to do a funeral for you. He's not going to come pray for you. That is not your pastor. And a lot of times what we do is we kick the man of God to the curb because we would rather find someone else that heaps up to us
1: wow. of our liking. Come on. Instead of
0: having someone that can look in our eye and say, you ain't doing that. That ain't right. Wow.
1: Wow. Oh.
0: Well, I've had that happen. I've had my preacher or my pastor tell me, "Hey, you're 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 foolish. You ain't doing that." But I, I love where this word says, "Preach the word, whether it's favorable or unfavorable, yeah. right? mm-hmm. welcome,
1: convenient or
0: inconvenient, yeah, mm-hmm. whether it's welcomed or unwelcomed." So there's times in your life where it doesn't. Sense or feel like you have the favor of God.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: There'll be times when you do have it and you, you, you're like, man, I'm, I'm living the dream. Amen. I, I'm living this thing out. Mm-hmm. But what happens when it feels like the favor lifts? Mm-hmm. Well, what happens then, if you don't have favor, what you need is a fire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: The fire will keep you when the favor is gone. Come on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to read to you a little bit about Joseph. This is going to help somebody in here tonight. I don't even know how far I'm going to get. I'm just going to start reading. Genesis 37-2. This is the history of the descendants of Jacob, and this is Jacob's line. Joseph, when he was 17 years old. Say 17 years old. 17 years old. Was shepherding a flock with his brothers. The lad was with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. His father's secondary wives and Joseph brought to his father a bad report of them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was a son of his old age and he made him a distinctive long tunic with sleeves or the coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not say peace and friendly greeting to him or speak peaceably to him. You know, you ever heard someone say, God don't have favorites? Well, the root word of favorite is favor. So it could actually be that God does have some favorites. Doesn't mean he doesn't love everybody. God loved Adolf Hitler. He didn't have favor. He wasn't God's favorite. He made himself an enemy to God. Why do people, why will people hate you? Have you ever realized, like, man, you come to Christ, you're like, man, I'm saved. Listen to me. I, I had a, a long road of drug addiction. And when I got saved, and look, I wasn't anything special. I was months clean off heroin. And all of a sudden, when I came to the church, all I said was they'd say, hey, who wants to do this? And I'd say, I'll do it. Amen. I didn't even know what I was doing. The first thing they had me do in a discipleship program, they were like, we're going to do a skid. Right? If you've been in church as a young person, you know what that is. We're going to do a skit. Who wants to play the Pharisee? And I'm like, I'll play the Pharisee. It's like, let, let me help you. Try not to play the Pharisee or the devil ever. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to make Jesus or one of the disciples or something like that. And I was just like, hey, I'll do whatever you want. Hey, will you do this? Yeah, I'll do it. I didn't know what I was doing. And so... All of a sudden, when I started doing that, I started getting feedback from people, and, and someone would come up to me and say, So and so said uh, that you think you're holier than us. Uh-huh. And I was like, I've been saved for like a month. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, and they start giving you tags. Oh, you're Mr. Holier Than Now. Right? If you're in a program, this is. Look, I tried to live for God in jail right after I got saved in a pot of 90 something people. And once you start to live for God, the first thing they want to do is bring up, oh, well, who are you? You've done everything. You're just like us. Yeah. No, I was just like you. but I've been born again. I'm a new creation. I'm not like you. I'm different. Right? And so what happens is when you start to be uncompromisingly righteous, all of a sudden here comes all the people out of the woodwork thinking, who does this guy think he is? Well, Who do you think you are? So when the brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not say peace and friendly greeting to him or speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him still more. Some of you, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Some of you haven't been serving God that long. Or maybe you, you, you've tried and you've went back and forth. You've backslid him multiple times. What happens is when you get saved, God puts something in you.
1: Yes.
0: It's yes. a God dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. the desires of your heart. Yes. yes. And then you start to go yes. after those dreams and Man, this is going to be incredible. People are going to support me. People are going to love this. I can guarantee you, right? You know what I'm talking about? All the people you thought that were going to come on board for the, the healing rooms for the kids. All those same come people, on. not everyone, but some of them are, are now saying, who does Stephanie think she is? How is that even going to help people?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do I know? Because we launched out the ministry a year and a half ago, and I thought, man, the whole world is going to be on board with us. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to help someone who's been delivered from heroin for seven and a half years? You would think even the heroin dealer would want to help you. Like, yeah, brother, come here. Let me help you. Just don't buy any of this stuff, right? What do you mean? Listen, I've met drug dealers that have said, man, I don't want to keep doing what you're doing. Don't come back over here and buy anything from us. We're not changing, but you keep doing what you're doing. We're, we're, we're happy that you're serving the Lord. Wow. Sometimes you get more encouragement from an unsaved person. Yeah. You well know, yeah. then you get from those who claim to be the family of God. That's the truth. Yeah. And what happens is you think, Man, all my life has changed. I'm trying to serve the Lord now. Everyone's gonna be on board with me, and then all of a sudden all the people come out of the woodwork. And and you, you would think, Aren't you happy for me?
1: Yeah. No,
0: the truth is some people are not happy for you. I heard a preacher say this, he said. Once you get it in your heart that nobody cares about you but God, then that's when you'll be all right. Wow,
1: that's good.
0: You'll quit being offended. You'll quit being hurt. You'll just say, God bless you. God love you. I'll do whatever I can to help you. But if God is the only one for you, then that's all that you need. Joseph had a dream. Now I'm not going to go through that dream, but I am going to go through a little bit more scripture. Joseph had a dream, and he told his brothers, this is my dream. Now, one of the reasons they hated him is because he didn't have the same mother as them. Right? Some of you come from split homes. Right? you got siblings that got more favor than you did. I I, I went and got my hair cut the other day from a new barber. I told my wife I was going to shave my head because he cut my hair too short. I mean, I'm not working with much, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) If it is. Right? I'm not trying to go to the horseshoe at 32. Uh, trying to keep what I got for a little bit, amen. I was out with, this is funny, I was out witnessing, we were out doing street evangelism, and I come across this guy, and this guy is like 6'3", tall, tattoos, and like, you know, when you're, when you're doing street evangelism, sometimes it can be intimidating. Like, if you don't have like a conversation starter, you just walk up, hey brother, has anyone ever told you that Jesus loves you? And they're like... What? <laughs> and you just walk. I was trying to get to my car, right?
1: Uh-huh. And I walk
0: up on him. I, I was going to walk past him and the Lord said, go talk to that guy. So I went and talked to him. I started talking to him, ministering to him. And he said, you know what? I've been thinking a lot about the Lord lately in my life. He said, actually, I have a cousin that used to pastor a church down in uh, Covington, Kentucky called Ludlow Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, Pastor Dave Downey. He said, yeah, how did you know, do you know him? I said, yeah, he used to be my wife's uh, pastor, right? Him and his wife used to be their pastor, but he had passed away about a year ago, and uh, he started talking to me about all these things in his life with uh, just things that he was away from God. He knew he knew God was real. He was raised in it, but he was away from God, and so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go there and get a haircut just so I can witness to him, right? My hair will grow back. Sometimes eternity is a little, a little longer than two weeks, right, of hair, so I figured, hey... I'm gonna try this one out and if I end up screwed, I'm screwed. But maybe he'll go to heaven, amen. amen. And so I just went in and got my hair cut and just, you know, ministering to him. And he's like, he's he's telling me, man, when 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 are you gonna get a church? Which uh, it's like I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. I don't have a church. But he's like, when are you going to get a church? He's like, man, they need a church. Or they need a pastor down there, alone Baptist. I'm like, friend, you haven't hung out with me all, all enough. The Baptists are probably not going to accept me too soon. right? <laughs> <laughs> any,
1: any now, I love
0: Baptists. I quote John the Baptist all the time. But John the Baptist even said, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost right. and the fire. So I am a Baptist. I just believe in what he actually said. I love the fire. David. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, you know, super encouraging. You, you, should, you should do that. That would be awesome. Right? Dropping F-bombs cursing every other word, but at least he's like encouraging me to go do what God <laughs> I called me to do. Yeah. And then you start to get around people that say they love God, and you start to tell them what your dreams are, and all of a sudden it's like crickets. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Wow. Wow. chapter 39. I'm just going to keep reading. Joseph was brought down to Egypt. He was sold out by his brothers. The people that were supposed to help him sold him out. Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain and chief executioner of the royal guard. An Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Verse 2. But the Lord was with Joseph. Say that. Say the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord is with you. Amen. And he Though he a slave, was a successful and prosperous man. Amen. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed in his hand. So Joseph pleased Potiphar and found favor in his sight, and he served him. And his master made him supervisor over his house and put all that he had in his charge.
1: Yeah.
0: Joseph found favor with the war, or with Potiphar. Man. For the Lord was with him. You know, I just, some of you know, we're, we're traveling through all the counties of Kentucky, 120 counties. Now, I, I listen to me. When I, when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, I am understanding. I'm not looking for a pity party. I don't need anyone to come pat me on the back and give me an attaboy. I don't need any of that. The Lord is with me. Oh, yeah. But I, What I'm going to do is I'm trying to explain something to you that most people won't explain to you. They just leave you in the dark. And then when you're left in the dark, you come up with your own explanation. And then by the end, you're like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with church people. I'm giving you something that will help you. Come on. What happens when the favor runs out with man? He had a coat of many colors. He had favor with his father. He was more loved than anyone, and then his brothers sold him out. What happens when you run out of favor with man? Then the Lord is wow. still with you, and he will still have favor on you. Yeah. you wow. So, so Come the Lord spoke to me back in Columbus. I want you to begin to travel through the counties of Kentucky, 120 counties. Okay, Lord, I'm obedient. Amen. But this is what happened. I, I told the Lord in my head, Lord, what are people going to think? I don't even know people in 12 counties. How am I going to get into all these counties? Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I, had, I, I knew about 10. Only about two have had me come back. This house and you. <laughs> wow. Amen. Amen. County last night, but God's God gave me more than what I thought I was already going to get. Gave me more than twelve, Amen. Didn't even think I was going to get that. Uh, But the Lord opened that up for me, Amen. But you would have people say, "Brother, we've heard of your testimony. We heard what the Lord's doing. We want you to come to our church." And then you're like, "Man, praise the Lord! I'm stepping out. I'm believing God." And then all of a sudden, they call you back and say, "Hey, brother, uh, unfortunately, we we can't have you. We just had something come up in the church." And uh, we're just not going to be able to have you. And it's like, cool, I'm not making a big fit about it. But there's always something that's not being said.
1: Yeah. 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 Understand
0: me. When they sold out their brother, they did not tell their brother everything. They just sold him out.
1: Wow.
0: They just got rid of him. Sometimes people Mm. will just get rid of you. And then there's other people that you try to contact. Hey, they'll say, hey, when you're in the area, call me, text me, and I'll have you come. And then you'll call them and text them. Your call has been sent straight to voicemail. (laughs) This 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 mailbox is not set up to receive messages at this time. (laughs) Well, but and and I'm telling you this because it doesn't just function like that in ministry. It'll function like that in your workplace. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You'll have people come. You're the next up for promotion. All of a sudden, someone will come behind your back, lie on you, and slander you. To steal your spot. That's what people will do in life. Now hear me tonight. That is never going to change. People are people. Expect the world to be the world and expect religion to be religion. Yeah. But I know a God that is not limited by the world. I know a God that is not limited by religion. I don't need favor from the hand of man. I just need one man to say, you have yes. favor with me. And when you have favor with God, he can open up any door oh that needs to be open. Yes. So I'll tell you the stories. We got a minute, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I went and preached in a church. Uh, I won't tell you where, but uh, you probably don't even know anybody. It's probably like three hours from here or something. But I went down there to preach, and that morning I was supposed to preach Sunday night. Sunday morning I woke up, I went to my home church, and all of a sudden I got hit with, like, this major sickness. Like, I I rarely get sick, Mm. ever. And when I do, it's like a cold or just something that is, like, passing through. But I function, you know what I mean? I go to work. Like we got guys in Heritage House. If they if they wake up and they're sick, they're like, I can't go to work today. It's like, why not? Well, I, I was coughing all night. I'm thinking, bro, you're going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine your kid coming up to you, Daddy. I, I need some food. Well, honey, we don't have any food today because I had a cough all night, so I couldn't go to work. So we don't have any money. No, you get up and make it happen, right? Yeah. That's what a yeah. man does. Yeah, a real life. man. Uh, I'm all right. I just couldn't do it for you. I you know, I, I was coughing all night. No, 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 no. Ain't nobody ever been stopped like when they were serving like the devil. Walking to meet the dope man six miles away in three foot of snow with, with, with house shoes on. Right. And then he says, I'm about to pull up. 90 minutes later, you're still standing there. And he's like, yeah, you see my headlights? I'm about to pull up. You would stand out there and do whatever you need to do. Guess what? Sometimes when you are serving the Lord and the favor runs out, you have to have a fire in you that says, if no one favors me, the fire that's in me is going to keep me burning and keep me going. You might not have a pastor that favors you. You might not have a deacon board that favors you. You might feel like you're all alone. But if you're like Timothy and Paul said, stir up the gift. When you feel discouraged, when you feel alone, what do you do? You yeah. stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. Fan the flame. When man won't help you, the Holy Ghost in you will keep you going. Come on, that's good. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is way better than the energizer. Yeah. <laughs> he, he keeps going and going and going. And going and going. I went to a church. I mean, I'm talking about. I was deathly sick that morning. You can ask my wife. Like we have wow. big windows in our church, and I told her. I said, I, like, if we, if my kids wake up, like my daughter yesterday thought we thought she had strep throat, but she don't. I'm Praise the type of dad that's like, hey, we're we're going to a revival meeting tonight. Put her in the car. I'm gonna lay my hand on her. We're gonna pray. Yes. And we're gonna go. Right? Because I believe that's what we need to do. We need yeah. to press in oh, and yes. believe God. I, I'm not yeah. talking about. Hear me. We 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 have given preeminence to every other thing besides yes. God. Yes. Well, my kids have this. My family, I have a family reunion. It's like your family don't even like you. <laughs> so I, I literally went and laid down like this. I was by the window and I just laid down like this. <laughs> Now when you're in a Pentecostal church Everyone thinks you're praying Or you're slinging the spirit yeah. Now that time I took advantage And took in that. I had people they, no, literally, I had people coming up They thought I was being touched by God They were taking pictures of me Like man he's being ministered to Yeah. on Facebook But I was literally deathly sick I was like I don't know what's wrong with me So uh, my buddy, Josh, that usually comes with me, he's not with me tonight, we got in the car and he drove me three and a half hours away. I'll tell you what it was, it was Whitley City. So we went to Whitley City. I don't even know if you know, you were there. Oh crap, whoops, (laughs) too late, we're not on live stream. (laughs) I felt deathly ill. As soon as I got up and got in the pulpit, It was like I was completely healed. Amen. And I I I preached for two hours. Got done. As soon as I got done and walked out the door, it came right back on me. I was literally curled up in a fetal position, right? Well, what happened was there was a young lady that was coming to the service. She was from my wife's home church that was going to come. And their pastors told us this story. They said so-and-so is going to be at the meeting tonight. She goes to University of the Cumberlands. I'm going to tell you the name of this. University of the Cumberlands. Her and some students went to Asbury. How many of you remember when Asbury was yeah. happening? Mm-hmm. They went over. They were inspired. They were touched by God. They went back to their college and started holding spontaneous prayer and worship services. Amen. That's it. Students. Amen. Prayer and worship services. Mm-hmm. After a few nights, the campus pastor thought, uh, this isn't going anywhere. We're going to shut this down. On a Christian campus. Mm. Wow. We have these kids that are hungry. We're going to shut them down, right? So they shut down the meeting. So the kids go outside and say, we're still going to meet outside. We're going to go for God. We're going to press in. And then they tell them, you can't do that either. Mm. So her and a friend were like, all right, this is what we'll do. We'll get some anointing oil. We're going to walk around the campus. We're going to pray over the doors.
1: That's all they did.
0: Not making noise, just anointing the doors, believing God for revival for their school. And and the the campus called the police on them.
1: Wow. Wow. Now, when I
0: went to that meeting in Whitley City, I realized now it was a spiritual attack I was under. Yes. Because I met that young lady that night. What the devil wanted is he didn't want me to meet her in person. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what happened. When I was walking to my car, I felt deathly ill. She stopped me. Hey, I'm Destiny. I I said, oh, someone told me you were going to be here. Nice to meet you. God bless you. I said, tomorrow night, I'm going to be in Somerset uh, doing another meeting if you want to come over there. So she brought that the next night. And this night, we were in like a gymnasium with like 10 people. It was like a celebrate recovery. There was no one there, but five students came. Wow. And so I had her get up I said I want you to get up and tell what happened at your school Because I wanted people to hear that this generation is hungry Come on. You may think that Gen Z Three. Thinks they don't know what sex they are They don't know what direction yeah. it. they are You think their heads yeah. up their rear ends But I'm telling you There is still a young generation that is hungry yes. for God yes, Desperate for the Lord yes. Desperate they, for the Bible yeah. All they need is Please. someone that's willing to stand When Come no one on. to stand Yes So I had her get up and tell that. She gave me the mic back. And when I got the mic, I said, you know what? I might just come rent a building and have a revival just for you Mm -hmm. students. Now, I was just running my mouth initially. But but the Holy Spirit, the Lord spoke to me in my spirit and said, you are going to do that. So I thought, all right, that's what I'm going to do then. So I had never done anything like this. I thought, we're going to a Christian campus. Let's have a revival, right? We went five minutes off campus. Um... What happened was, is we were going to empty out our account, our ministry account. We were going to do about $2,000 in giveaways. We were going to do three nights of meetings. I was going to take a whole team with me. We were going to stay there the whole time, minister, do what we had to do, and then get out of there. Not taking up offerings they their college kids. They're going to give you, like, a ramen noodle. All like, right. You know, I
1: don't know what else. A Chick-fil-A or
0: something. You know, bringing in the school lunch. Like, here you go. Here's your offering. So I was because the Lord spoke to me and I was willing to do that for the Lord. I was going to be obedient. And so what happened was I called the place. How much is this going to cost? They said it's going to be sixteen hundred and fifty dollars for three nights. And I said, okay. so my wife, a few days later, she said, I feel like we need to sow a thousand dollars into this ministry. Hmm. The Lord spoke to me. I said, well, with all the faith that I had. I said well we're trying to rent something We need to get all this knocked out first And then if we have money left over Then we'll give it But faith does not look at what you have I'm Right? Faith
1: gives right. even right.
0: when you feel like it's not there to give right. So she said alright Well I'm booking it yeah. So she's like because I have to give this money She said I'm booking the place right now She called somehow she got it for how much? $630 636 So think about yes. this When God without a seed, you may think, well, I don't have that money. Then why don't you tell me about this? God, would you free up the seed? Right? God freed up the thousand. She gave the thousand. Now, here's what happened. We went to a lunch with a ministry that we partnered with about three days later. we, At the end of the service we were in, he said, does anyone have a question? I said, yeah, I have a question. I'm going somewhere with this. I said, I have a question. He said, okay. I said, I'm going to do an outreach at a college, and uh, I've never done this before. What? Give me some recommendations on what I should do. He said, number one, he said, don't try to work with any ministries.
1: He, okay, said, okay. he said, I've
0: done this before. Now, I know that doesn't sound like the Christian thing to do. That sounds like the <laughs> devil thing to do. But Pastor Howard's laughing because he knows. Amen. He said, what's going to happen is you're going you're to ask those people to help you. They're going to agree to help you, and then last minute they're going to back out on you. And the people that had told me they were going to help, as soon as he made that statement, I received the text. And they said, hey, sorry, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to help you this time around. So just do what you got to do. And God bless you. That—that—that that, that is the Christian way of saying, uh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. I'll just leave
0: it at that, right? I'll just leave it at that. You're yes. Put your own words in it. Yeah. I thought, well, that's very encouraging. So we went to the luncheon, and my wife fell to go talk to him and just say, thank him for his ministry. I'm just here to thank you for your ministry. Thank you for what you teach and preach. She went over. She thanked him. She came back to the table, and she was shaking. And I'm like, what is up with her? Right? She pulled her phone out, and she showed me a message. She had, he had asked her, what, what, uh, tell me what you're trying to do with this outreach. She told him the story, what I just told you. She, he said, what's your budget? She said, maybe five to $7,000 is what we're going to spend. He said, well, I'm writing you a $10,000 check today so that you can go and do that out with those kids. And I, and I'm telling you this for a reason. Because I thought that everyone would back what I felt like God was trying to do. And on the end, listen. I'm not saying this like people have to do it. People are free to do whatever they want. And here's let me let me shade it over like this. Nobody owes me anything. No one owes me their support. But when you believe God, God will be your support. He'll send you somebody. He'll send you a Potiphar. Yes, sir. When everyone else has counted you out, when everyone else has sold you out, God will send one person. To come help you, that will put the wind of heaven at your back so that you can go fulfill the call of God on your life. When you don't have favor, all you need is a fire. And when you have the fire of God, the favor will come from heaven. Thank you, Jesus. So, here, let me say it like this. So, I thought this was going to be great. We get to the school, we set up, first night, 30 students show up. We passed out a 1,000 flyers. We did $5,000 in giveaways. 30 students showed up. Well, come to find out, it was a a Baptist seminary. Didn't didn't read that all the way through. Amen. (laughs) During the service, 10 students, because they they realized, hey, you don't believe what we believe. They get up and they leave. Think about this. My first outreach, I just had someone give $10,000 and I have 20 people sitting in front of me. And I'm thinking, what, what are we even doing here? Who are we helping? So I thought, you know what? I, I'm telling, I'm just being transparent with you. I was super discouraged. I was like, Lord, you told me to do this. Like, if this, this is all we're getting. So I, the next morning, I felt all this resistance. The next morning, I called the team. I said, let's meet together. We're going to pray. And I prayed the Acts 4 prayer. When they were dealing with resistance, when they were dealing with rejection, this is what they prayed: Lord, you see their threats. Grant unto us boldness that we may go and preach your word powerfully. And when we prayed, this is what I told them: We passed out a thousand flyers. We're going and hitting this college, and we're just gonna we're gonna hit it hard and win souls for the Lord. Yeah, We went on the college campus. Uh, we started because there were uh, exchange students in for sports. I started ministering to people. The first girl I talked to from Japan, I went up to her and I said, has anyone ever told you that Jesus loves you and has a great plan for your life? And she said, no, no one's ever told me that. She was leaving in two weeks to go back to Japan. Think about this. A whole year in a Christian campus and not one person ever came up to her and said, has anyone ever told you that Jesus loves you? And she said, no. I said, well, let me pray for you. Do you need to give your life to Jesus Christ? She said, yeah, I'd like to do that. Pray for her, give her wow. life to Jesus Christ. So if they won't come, come on. you have to go That's get them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, I just started hitting it. Guess I what? We, we start having people receive the Lord. The next kid was from Spain. Wow. Next kid from Italy. Wow. Next kid from Germany. Next kid from, next kid from Jamaica. All giving their hearts to Jesus, right?
1: Glory. Well, then I get a call. Hey, the campus pastor heard that you were here. Uh, t-
0: and they've called me into a meeting, he wants to meet with you. Uh, he tried to call me and left the voicemail. Unfortunately, my voicemail said, this voicemail box is full. This voicemail is not accepting any new messages at this time. Come on. Because <laughs> I knew, they didn't want me there. So what they did is they called the superintendent, came out and said, you're not allowed here to pass these out on our campus, you have to leave. So I thought, all right, they tried to discourage me again. Second night, 40 people show up, 10 get up and leave. So we we make headway. We get 10 more people, right? So I said, we're going out again tomorrow and hitting it again. This time, they're so upset that they have the police follow us the whole time. Now, hear me. I've had the police follow me for drug trafficking. I've had the police follow me for thieving. But I have never had the police follow me for preaching the gospel. And I'm not going to give the devil any credit. What I think for the devil. 80 students showed up. Over 80 students showed up. Had a total of 30, 30 students give their lives to Jesus Christ. You know, it's amazing because all those uh, ministers that said they wanted to help, you would have had 30 new people in your church. But instead, because it wasn't your church's name on it, you didn't mm. want to help. A little loud for people in back. Should I say it no,
1: I don't know what <laughs>
0: I'm telling you this for a reason because things will come in your life Think, when you feel like you're going through your darkest moment. You want to know when your darkest moment is? It wasn't when you were serving the devil. It's actually when you're serving the Lord and it feels like everyone is that devil. When all you have is God. on. You have the majority when you're with God. You don't need one man with you. You have the majority. Mm. So, guess what? Joseph feels like he's making headway, and then he gets accused of rape. Preacher gets accused of rape. Come on. Verse 19 And when Joseph's master heard the words of his wife saying to him, This is the way your servant treated me, his wrath was kindled. Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison. A place where the state prisoners were confined. So he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph. Say that. Say the Lord was with with Joseph. And showed him mercy and loving kindness. And gave him favor in the sight of the warden of the prison. And the warden of the prison committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatsoever was done there, he was in charge of it. The prison warden paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge. Oh man, for the Lord was with him and made whatever he did to prosper. Yeah. Amen. That's right. See, actually, when Joseph went to prison, it wasn't a downgrade. It was an upgrade. Ooh, and here's nice. why. Because in Potiphar's house, Joseph was in charge of material things. Mm. When he went to prison, Joseph was in charge of people. That's right. right. It's a great thing when God can look at you and say, I don't just trust you with, trust you with things, I trust you with people. Amen. The question tonight isn't whether you trust God. If I asked you if you trust the Lord, we'd say, yeah, I trust the Lord. The question tonight is, can God trust you? Amen. Amen. yes. What happened? Because this is what I'm telling you this for a reason. Because we have been walking through this place in our life where we have this God dream on the inside of us. You know what I had? All I had was a fire Amen. on the inside of me that said, God, I want to see you do great things. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: You think I'm traveling through Kentucky so I can just check boxes? And, oh, we hit 120 county. You think I'm the first person to ever do that? Probably not. Come on. I want to see Kentucky set ablaze. I want to see this generation set ablaze. I want to see people on fire for God. I want to see people that have been counted out by the world. People that have been counted out by religion. I want to see them set on fire for God yeah. to fulfill the God dream that's on the inside of them. When the favor runs out, all you need is a fire. That is good right there. The fire carried Joseph through. So guess what? What happened was, when I got this dream in my heart to do this, I thought, Lord, open up the doors for us. I don't have... I don't know special people. I'm not a part of... The Southern Baptist Convention. I'm not a part of the Assemblies of God. I'm not in any cahoots with anybody, you know. And and you would think, man, all of my pastors they're they're going to call people, put, put in a good word for me. That ain't favor. Me calling you and saying please have me is not favor. The favor was when James Scott got touched touched in his meeting oh, and got right. raised to, to delivered yeah. That Pastor Howard called me and said, I don't usually do things like this, but there was something special. Thanks such so much for listening. God, God bless you. We I said, Do you have any after school programs here? I just asked. You know what, Jesus? You know what some of our problems is? You know why you don't feel like the dream is coming to pass? Because you won't ask. ask. Jesus said, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations. This is what the Psalmist David said I'll give you the nations as your inheritance, I'll give you the ends of the earth as your possession. You know what you don't have to beg for? An inheritance. You have to ask for it. That's fine, Lord. Will you You give that to me? Yeah, I'll give you nations. I'll give you. Quit asking for God help me with my drug. Nope. Help me with my drug problem. Help me with this. Help me with money. Help me with a job. God will help you with those things. Begin to ask big. God, give me nations. Come on. You think God can't take the second half of your life? Preach. And make it into something great. Come on. You feel like you may have a place in the first half of your life? God can turn it all around. God took Moses when he was 80. Come on. We preach about him every week. Come on. What couldn't he do with someone in this room? Right. I said, Do you have an after school program? She said, No, we don't. What were you thinking? Like a mentorship? I said, Sure. Amen. You let them make it happen. Amen.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm.
0: So what happened was this I'm praying and I'm thinking, man, is this really going to happen? So what happens is we do a Zoom call. I talked to her, the principal, assistant principal. They're like, yeah, let, let, let's do it. What do you want to do? You want to come in like once a week and minister to the kids? I said, yeah, let's do it once a week, 30 minutes a week. I'm bringing in lunch for these young men. I get seven boys at a time, six to seven. And we come in and minister. So we, we, when we start going in March, we started going in, in March. So we went from March till the end of May. So every week we're going in. And it just started getting like, I'm thinking to myself, like, we're in here. I'm talking about Jesus. When is this going to end? Like when is someone going to find out, hey, you're talking yeah. about Jesus. You've yeah. got to get out of here. Because yeah. I already made it behind you. If they tell me, hey, you can't talk about Jesus, but you can still do this, I would tell them, hey, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm out. Right. I don't want to talk about anything with Jesus. That's right. right. This is what happened. About six weeks in, we, me and Phil was about to leave the school, and there was a nice-dressed man there. And he said, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, yeah. Uh, I'm Cody. He said, I'm principal, so-and-so. And And I thought, well, I've never been invited to the principal's office for anything. It's always, Cody, you're suspended. Cody, you stabbed someone with a pencil. Cody, you destroyed the the school property. Cody, you stole money out of the lunchroom. You are getting expelled, right? Never anything good, always bad, every single time. So I kind of looked at Phil, and I thought in my head, well, it's been a good (laughs) run. Uh we get invited into the principal's office, and this is his first statement to me. He said, I've been working at this school for 12 years. He said, I came here initially just because I wanted to help young people. He said, I'm a Christian. <laughs> he said, I've seen what you guys have been doing. He said, and it, 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 you guys have been consistent. He said, I've not seen anything like this. He said, this is amazing. He said, What I want to do is, he said, The reason I brought you in here is because this is what I want to tell you. He said, I'm willing to give you access to our building anytime that you want it. Wow. He said, If you want it every day of the week, I'll give it to you every day of the week. Wow. He said, If you want more than 30 minutes, I'll give you an hour and a half. He said, The most I can give you is two hours. Wow. And so I'm sitting there thinking, You want to know who opened up the school door for me? Wow. It wasn't a preacher, That's right. wow. it wasn't a pastor, That's right. it wasn't a prophet. It was one act of obedience on behalf of my life. Of all the stories I've told you tonight, it all started with my wife felt to do this, and she did it, and it opened up the door for me to go do something. Uh (laughs) So if your wife, if your wife drives you nuts, just know that she's probably hearing from the Lord. Can you say that? I think Bill Johnson said. He said. He said, uh, Bill Johnson said, he said, any time the Holy Spirit talks to me, it always comes in the sound of my wife's voice. <laughs> hey, thank yeah. you. Right? right? That's right. You know, Honor her. Honor her. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right. And this is what he started to lay out. He said, what you sh- th- he's telling me this. He said, what you should do is create a curriculum. He said, "Actually, what you could do is if he said, if you give me a budget, he said, now we don't get much of a budget, but he said I'd give you five to seven thousand dollars a year if you want to come in and do to do this here." Yeah. He said, "Then if you make a curriculum, you can put this in other schools." Ooh, yeah. He's laying it out for me because in my mind I'm thinking I don't know how to do any of this. Yeah. Ask my wife. Amen. I'm goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to grab a microphone and preach. That's about it. I know how to lay hands on people. I know I know how to get a hold of God. But when you know how to get a hold of God. Oh, yeah. God you don't need a GED. all you need is G-O-D. You need the God of heaven, the God of breakthrough, the mighty God, the one that can break through a wall, the one that can scorn for a truth, the one that can split a red sea, the one that can
1: make a way when there seems to be no way. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's
0: right. yeah. Come on. So this is powerful. So we're going in, so he gives me that, and I said, all right. So I text him that week. Can I bring in Bibles for all the students? He said, absolutely. Brand new Bibles for all the kids. We're sitting in there. I'm in a public school, alternative school, with young men giving their hearts to Jesus Christ, reading the Bible, having Bible study, and the principal knows about it. Wow. So then I said, hey, we have this church camp coming up, uh, someone I'm connected to. Could I bring in some stuff? He said, yeah. So there's one kid <laughs> that, that convinced and says, I'll come. 16 year old kid, mother died from a drug overdose. Two years prior, lives with his grandparents, doesn't know where his father's at. <coughs> in alternative school because he, he made a finger gun to the teacher and acted act, act like he was shooting her. An alternative school. And he he commits to come. And I said, all right. I said, I'm going to pay for you to come. Pay for you to come. So he comes to the camp. I minister at that camp on Friday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. So he already got saved at the school. Now, Sunday night we're there, and the lady that preaches, she preaches on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And she makes it very plain, very simple, very clear. Hey, if you want this to come up, there's about ten students, and he's one of the boys that comes up to receive. Another young man, about fifth or sixteen years old, I didn't even pray for him. A 16-year-old kid prayed for him, laid his hands on him, he began to speak in other tongues, Mm. received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Monday night, you know, like when you're in a church camp, they ask all the young men or young women, hey, who wants to volunteer and do this? All the boys look at each other like We're all too cool to do
1: this.
0: (laughs) The one kid who is unchurched, the one kid who has no knowledge of God raises his hand just like I used to. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll do it. You don't have to know what you're doing. You just have to do it. Mary Plymouth. I. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you want and it shall be done for you. You want to know another translation of that? Ask whatever you want. And if I don't have it, I'll make it for you.
1: Come
0: on. God. Think about that. God. If God, He's saying whatever you ask me for. I know you don't have access in the schools, but what if you don't have it, if I don't have it, I'll just create it. I'll make some woman... Out of 100,000 people in Kentucky and can't find one drug addict to come talk, I'll just make her put a post on Facebook and make you see it. I'll create it. Amen. If you, I never get opportunities. He said, I'll create it. Yes. I never get seen. I'll Amen. create it. We serve a creator, God. If you abide in me. Monday night. Hey, you want to come tell your testimony? He's raising his hand. I'll, I'll tell my testimony. They pray for him on Father. That, where did church camp on Father's Day? Yeah. Understand this. thing about this. Most people, odds oh, Father's Day. I can't really do that. i got to be with my kid. You know what I did? I put my kids in the car. We're going to camp.
1: Gloria.
0: You want to know why? Because some kids don't have dads. Gloria. You have a dad. Yeah, yeah. Have what about the kid that don't have a father? Oh, yeah. They said they <laughs> prayed with him. He said, and this is what his testimony was. He said, I, I had not cried in four years. A 16-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. I haven't cried in four years. He said, I didn't even cry when my mom died. Why? Hardness of heart. This generation has been suffocated. They've been beat down into the ground. But when a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ comes into the room and begins to lay this thing out, all of a sudden their heart begins to melt to receive what God has for them. Monday night. I have pictures on my phone. I wish I could put them up on the screen. This kid is walking around. The most unchurched kid in the meeting is walking around, hugging all the other kids, praying for them, loving on them. Wednesday night, I text one of the kids. He goes, he's, he's in church. Mm. Right last night, he goes to a river meeting. Woo. He rides his bike to church. Last night, no one even picked him up. Yeah. Mm. I, pick, I picked him up for church one time. His grandpa didn't even want to know who I was. That would be like your kid saying, Hey, Dad, can I go to church with this random guy? Yeah, sure. When will you be back? Uh, I don't know, a couple hours. Yeah, sure. Didn't even bother to come out and meet me. Hmm. I would never sing my kid with someone like that. You could have done that like 20 years ago, maybe. 30 years. Not today. He's like, if I can't get a ride, I'll ride my bike. We got a text today. He rode his bike to church last night at 7.30 at night. And then rode it back home. Well, actually, they put it in a truck and drove it home. So this is what we thought. You know what? This is what we're going to do. One of the ministers there said, you know what we should do for that kid? We should put him in uh, Heritage Academy, yes. a private Christian school. Yes. Because of, he, wow. he goes back to public school this year, so I don't have him anymore.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So we're believing God that his grandpa is going to give us what? Favor. Yes. He's going to say, Yeah, you can do that. Amen. We're going to put him in Christian school. We're going to oh, pay for really it.
1: Gracious.
0: Fully paid. Wow. He ain't going to have to do nothing for it. Why? That's what the favor of God does. Come on. You know what he don't have to do? He don't have to pay for the money. He don't have to. He don't have to do yet. anything. All he had to do was say one yes to him. And everything changed in his life. I sent a picture of him yes. praying for people yeah, to the principal. Thank you, Jesus. And the principal wrote me back and said, dude, I'm speechless. He said, I've been at this school for 12 years. Come on. Waiting and wondering. You know what I was to that principal? A 12-year answered prayer. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't feel like he had helped one kid in 12 years.
1: Oh. Mm.
0: And the door swings open for the gospel in the least likely of places. If you talk to most Christians today, they're going to say, oh, they don't want God in schools, brother. No, your confession has kept you out, not God. Your unbelief has kept you out, not God. None of my friends will ever listen to me. No, you'll go back into the places that you came from. And they're going to say, brother, you've been clean before, but there's something different about you this time. And all the people that used to uh, uh, rap on you, tell you that ain't going to work, that's jailhouse religion, those same people will come knocking on your door and say, Brother, will you pray for me? Ooh,
1: glory. My
0: mother's sick in the hospital. Yeah. I'm struggling with this. My wife's leaving me. Will you pray for me? And you'll say, absolutely. You want to know why? Because when Joseph got the opportunity to kill his brothers, you know what he come said? On. He said, you thought you sent me here. Ooh. But it wasn't you.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like-
0: he said, God sent me ahead of my generation. Yes. It wasn't your drug addiction. Come on. It wasn't your bad life. It wasn't poor choices that sent you where you're at. It was the hand of God saying, I'm going to send you ahead of your generation. Because you have a story to tell. Why? Because when the Lord is with you,
1: it doesn't matter if man is
0: against you. So what... I've already planned this out. We're going to the schools in August and having a teacher's luncheon with the whole school through yeah. the ministry. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in there and I'm going to share this one testimony that I just shared with you. And every one of those teachers, I can already see it happening. They're going to be doing what you're doing. They're going to be crying. You want to know why? Because I've talked to many people and they all say the same thing. We, it, they said it feels impossible to help these kids. They said it doesn't feel like we're making any headway. It doesn't feel like we're accomplishing anything. But when I go in with the testament and say, look at this young man yeah. serving the Lord. Yes. No one would have thought of me 15 years ago in an alternative school. You want to know how I know? Because no one did think of me. The Lord had to wait for my father to be released from prison and be saved for someone to even tell me about Jesus. Because no one else thought about me. Oh. But God had thought about me. Yes, sir. And when God thinks about you. Think about that. God thinks about you. You're on his mind right now. Every day of your life. When you thought it was the worst moment. You were on the mind of God. He was thinking of you. And saying it's not not these things that are destroying your life. He says, I'm about to send you ahead of your generation. Genesis 50, 20. Which is what we uh, really. Our ministry. Our ministry scripture. Because I guess you're supposed to have one of those when you're in ministry. What the enemy meant for evil, God took it and turned it around for good. So that many would be saved. Amen. If you don't have favor tonight, all you need is a fire.
1: Right. And guess what
0: fire does? You may have to go through an unfavorable time, but eventually you know what that fire is going to create? Favor. People are going to see that and say, yep. I'll, I'll let you do something. They ain't going to know why they're doing it. You want to know how many schools I've had open up to me in my county alone? Six. Amen. Awesome. I asked another teacher about it. I said, we're making a curriculum. She said, yeah, we heard what you were doing over there. I said, what do you think? And this is what else the principal told me. He said, we could also do like an after-school worship thing once a oh, month or something yeah. if you wanted. So I asked her the same thing. Could we do some after-school stuff? This is what she said. Now, I don't know if she's a Christian, but she had looked me up on Facebook. She said, I seen you were at the Prickle Barn recently having the revival. A teacher, yeah, I said, What about an after school worship thing? She said, Well, this is what I've learned just do it and ask for forgiveness later. I prophesy over you tonight, you don't have to wait for things to be favorable for you. God will send someone in your path and say, Let's just do it and ask forgiveness later because God just needs your confession, God just needs your faith to say, God, I don't need a man to behalf. I just need the word of God in my favor and I will obey and taste and eat the good of the land. And that's what God's going to do for you in your life. Why am I telling you these stories? Because I want you to believe big. What's going to happen if you get out of rehab? You got out? Now what? Dream big. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. All those God dreams on the inside of you. Who put them there? You, you think you yes. came up with
1: those?
0: God came up with those. He didn't come up with them for you to be like a donkey chasing a carrot. <laughs> chasing my whole life and never got it. No, nope. God saying, no. Nope. Whatever you ask. If I don't have it, I'll make it. Amen. If I don't have it, I'll make it. Come here real quick. Touch Put Jesus your hands. Touch Close Jesus. your
1: eyes. Touch your Jesus.
0: If you'll abide in Him, and yes. His yes. word will abide in your heart, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have a Bible scholarship. You don't have to have anything. All you have to do is have Him. And whatever you ask. He says, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. That's how much he loves you. He'll make it for you. Mm. Deliver comes upon your life tonight in the name of Jesus. To yes. never, It'll never be back and forth again. It'll never be spinning your wheels. It'll never be the hamster wheel again. Tonight, this deliverance takes place for good and you will never return to where you came from. Free! Yes, thank, yes. Free. Yes. thank, thank God. Thank I want every head bowed and every eye closed in this room tonight. You're in this room tonight and you're not right with God. You feel like you've been forgotten. You feel like you've been overlooked. You feel like I just don't have the resume to be a Christian. But now you're realizing tonight, all I have to do is be right with God. If I get right with God, He's going to make it all happen for me. You're in this room tonight. That's you. You're not right with Him. Your heart is not right with Him. You're backslidden. You're not close to the Lord. If you were to lay your head on your pillow tonight... You're not sure where you would spend eternity. But you say, Cody, I I realize I need to make a decision in my life tonight. I need to give my heart to Jesus Christ. You're not right with God, but you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want you to slip up your hand and say, Cody, remember me when you pray tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Keep those hands lifted. Let me see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, God bless you.